0: Welcome to the Harbor Church Podcast. Harbor is here to connect people with Jesus and with each other. If you're looking to get connected, you can find more info at harborchurch.com. Now here's this week's message from Pastor Josh. I, I was just like, I just want to give up preaching for for this day and just worship with you guys some more. Man, I love that. I love Matt's heart as he uh, just kind of helped give our band a, a more of a break. We took a, a really peeled back look at worship last week and then we, uh, we had a chance to steal Matt. He was already out uh, on the Cape and Islands, and I was like, man, you can just stay one more day on Sunday, and you could really be a blessing, and he's like, I don't want to do that, and I went, no, you're going to stay. He goes, I don't like your church that much, and I went, it's no, not true. But he was all about it, and I love his heart. Thank you, Matt, for being willing to do that, man, and I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, if this is your first time or one of your first times at Harbor Church or if you're tuning in online, checking us out, welcome. I'm glad you're here. My name is Josh I'm the pastor here, and uh, I'm thrilled that you're with us. We're jumping in uh, towards the end of a series that we've called Peeled, where we're just kind of looking at how God peels us back to get at what's underneath. And today, we're going to do something a little bit different. How many of you here like blueberries? Show of hands. I like blueberries, blueberries, blueberry people. Okay. That's most of you. That's an easy one. I thought most people would like it. Some of you are like, no, I don't like blueberries. That's fine. You're probably going to hell. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. That's not true. Um, If you had to put something in in pancakes. Now, I'm, I'm prefacing this question because if I said, would you put blueberries in pancakes? There's, I don't like pancakes. I like plain pancakes. Just take all that away. If you had to eat a pancake and you had to have something in it, how many of you would pick blueberries and how many of you would pick something else, like chocolate chips or bananas or something? How many would say, if I had to put something in it, it'd be blueberries? How many of you would say it'd be something else if I had to eat a pancake? Okay. That's fine. I just kind of wanted to get a feel for the room. Some of you are going to really like this message. Some of you are not. We're not talking about blueberries anyways. This is what we're going to (laughs) do. We're going to look at a weird story. It's only a few verses, um, but uh, I think God is going to show us something today. Here's what you need when you want to get peeled back. Maybe you've never been to church before. This might be your very first time at church. This might be the very first time or the first time in a long time that you've heard somebody read from the Bible. um, you've, You've been around having a pastor preach at you. I'm thrilled that you're here. You've made it this far, so you're all good. Uh, the, the best thing about this is to leave this room different than the way you walked in. That's going to happen if you open your heart, if you allow God to speak into your life. So if, if I say something or if, if God pricks your heart and he uses the, this story or my words to challenge you, don't, don't shy away from that. Lean into it and say, God, is this something I need to, to work on? God, take this away from me. Show me where I can be better. This is a a, a weird passage, but I think you'll get something out of it if you'll let God speak to you. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. So 2 Kings chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. We're going to throw it up on the screen. And we're going to start in verse 38. It says this, Elisha now returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. One day as the group of prophets was seated before him, he said to his servant, put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for the rest of the group. And one of the young men went out into the field, and he gathered herbs, and he came back with a pocket full of wild gourds. He shredded them and put them into the pot without realizing they were poisonous. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten a bite or two, they cried out, Man of God, there's poison in this stew. A different version reads, There's death in the pot. And it, you would think it's an anti-marijuana message, but it's not. It's um, <laughs> not. There's poison in the stew. They would not eat it. And verse number 41 says, Elisha said, Bring me some flour. Then he threw it into the pot and said, Now it's all right. Go ahead and eat. And then it did not harm them. So as much as I said we're talking about blueberries, and I'll throw you up a I'll throw up a picture of blueberries on the screen. Um, we're actually, we're not actually talking about blueberries. And blueberries, a lot of people love to eat blueberries. Some of you admitted, man, they're delicious. Some of you are like, not really my cup of tea, but those aren't blueberries. These are. Those aren't. That's nightshade. That's deadly nightshade. There's a lot of different kinds of nightshade. I thought the black nightshade was going to be the most deadly. The deadly nightshade is the deadly, deadly one if you're <laughs> confused. The word deadly helps you understand that you shouldn't eat it. Deadly nightshade it, it, with the, in just two to four berries can kill a child. Um, it usually takes between 10 and 20 Berries to kill a, an adult, but nightshade is that stuff you would see in movies um, that they use, like an assassin might use it. Um, it was known the witches would use it. It was a way to like mix some, something in and kill people. But uh, their berries were often confused by little kids and even adults as something edible. I mean, go ahead, bring it back up. You can leave that picture up. The berries look like blueberries. They look, or they look like they might be something that you could eat. Now it's really hard. To find Nightshade on on the internet um, and get it ordered from Amazon? Christian, come up here for a second, will you? All right, so we're going to play a little game, okay? All right, this is my soon-to-be brother-in-law. If he picks poorly, maybe not. All right, you pick, and then we'll both eat. You pick the one you want to eat, and I'll, I'll eat the other one. Good. Yep. Whatever one you want to eat. Are you, you sure about that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's eat it. You fool. <laughs> Felt for the biggest biggest blunder. The most famous is that you never get in a land war in Asia. And the second yeah. is that you don't go in. Ag- <laughs> if you don't get it, it's don't go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Anybody? Yeah. Prince is right. Three people got a Princess Bride reference. This is gonna be a long message. you can get on you can go down. Thank you Christian. Neither of them were poisonous. just some of you are like, I came to the wrong church they're both blueberries. don't tell the next service here's my point as much as as we Love to talk about the things that we've been looking at in this series about how God redeems and how God blesses and how God takes away sin. And this is all true. And we're going to speak to that again today. As much as we love to talk about the potential that we have and the way God wants to use us, we cannot go through this life without calling out the things that are toxic in our life. My job is your pastor, I, I, I love you and I want you to be happy, I want you to enjoy church, I want you to have fun, but if you come and all we do is worship God and we never talk about the fact that that same God we're worshiping and that gives us life and gives us joy and gives us a plan is also the God that takes away poison from our life, then we're missing out on a greater aspect of who God is. He is the one who is the antidote for all the things that will kill and destroy us. Oh my goodness. Now, you all know, I don't care if Matt's visiting or not. I'm about ready to step on some toes. You guys got to get into this this morning, okay? You guys got to give me some feedback. There is a lot of poisons that we are inadvertently ingesting day in and day out. We're going through and we're, we're picking and choosing what the world offers, and we don't even realize how bad it is for us. Let me walk you through this story really quick. Um, and and this is this is the only passage that we're gonna look at. I'll throw some other verses at you, but let's just start breaking it down. Elisha is a picture of Jesus. We see this in the very first verse. The very first verse that we read said, "Elisha now returned to Gilgal." If you read the stories before, he'd been doing miracles in other places. Those other places were much nicer than Gilgal. Okay, he comes back home where he was doing ministry in the northern kingdom. They had been it says there was a famine in the land. This is uh, this is a seven year famine that they're suffering from because the children of Israel, the nation of Israel had, re- had rejected God and started worshiping Baal. They had been worshiping a false God. And so God's punishment on them was that they were going to go through a famine, a drought. There was, there was no crops. There's very little growing. It was, it was going to be a very hard time. So we see Elisha showing up in the famine. He had it better where he was prior to this. In the 37 verses before, he was hanging out with other people in other locations, but he enters into the famine. This is a beautiful picture of what we just sang about with Reckless Love. You guys, in Matthew, was it Matthew chapter 18, it says, Jesus goes, I'm the kind of shepherd that leaves the 99 to go out into the wilderness after the one. This is a picture of Jesus. This is, this is what Elisha is demonstrating, going, being willing to walk into the famine, walking into um, a less than desirable situation in order to help those that are in that situation. This is Jesus reaching into the dumpster fire that is our life to pull us out. He, doesn't, he didn't have to come to earth. He didn't have to leave heaven. He didn't have to wrap himself in flesh. That was something that he chose to do because he loved us. He, he subjected himself to, to all of this. The same way Elisha goes, I'm going to go back into this famine. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 9 speaks about... This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He's trying to explain it to him. Jesus left so much to come to us. It says, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. That's talking about heaven. Though he had everything he needed, everything that you could want. For his sakes, he became poor. Well, who would just give up heaven and riches and all of that to become poor? Well, he did it. Why? So that through that poverty, through him coming to earth, through him being made flesh, you and I, like we spoke about last week, could be heirs with Christ, could have something better than just this sin that we're wrapped up in. So Elisha is a picture of Jesus. It's a beautiful picture, but let's move on. It says that there was a famine in the land. What land was this? this is the promised land. There was famine in the land. There's famine in the land. It's, it's, it's the promised land. This is the land that God sent him to. He said it would be flowing with milk and honey. If you read the old Testament, this was, he's like, you guys got to get here. This land is going to be so prosperous. You're going to be able to have so many crops. All this stuff is going to be great for you. So why is it famine? Famine in this, in this uh, passage here is, is a description of Punishment is a description of the consequences of sin. They had walked through the desert and been told to trust God, but then they show up in the promised land in Canaan, and all the Canaanites worship a god named Baal. Baal was called the fertility god. He was called the god of prosperity. He was usually depicted with a thunderbolt in his hand because he had power, and he could bring the rain and get crops to grow. And so they looked, and they said, I don't know if we can trust God. I mean, he got us through the desert, but can he really get us to, 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 to keep this place going? We better worship what the other people have been worshiping. And they start worshiping Baal. It's no coincidence that when Elijah confronts the, the uh, worshipers of Baal, he goes, let's see who can call down lightning. Let's see who can make fire happen. And they go all day calling down on Baal, the god with lightning bolts, nothing happens. And then he goes, all right, let's talk to the real true god. Boom, fire. Now, Elijah's protege, Elisha, shows up and he goes, oh, you want to worship the prosperity god? Let's see how much rain he brings. And now, famine. It's not a coincidence that the punishment, that the consequences for their sin, leaves them in famine. So the promised land doesn't, isn't overflowing with milk and honey right now because they have screwed up. They have willingly gone out after a false god. Here's the thing that I notice. The prophets are there with them. This should be a wake-up call to you and I. They're in the land. They're not worshiping Baal. And guess what? What, Josh? Tell us. Thank you. Good response today. They are subject to the same famine. What's that mean for you and I? When light refuses to shine, don't be surprised that darkness takes over. When you act like, oh, that's a poor decision for them, or the, oh, the country's going to hell in a handbasket, or oh man, that's bad. Oh, I wish my family member wouldn't do that, or oh, my coworkers shouldn't do that. But I'm just, I'm just going to worry about me. And you do that whole thing where you act like I can't, I can't, I can't be expected to bring the truth that I know and and shine it out for anybody else. I can't be expected to share anything that is that is of God because that that wouldn't make it. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be PC. That wouldn't that wouldn't help. They wouldn't appreciate it. When we pull in God's blessings, and we say, that no, 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 this is just for me. If they want to make the choices, they do that. And when we hide it, what we're doing is we're hiding that light. Do you guys remember in Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, it speaks to the idea that we're called to be a light, a light set on a hill. It can't be hid, but who has a light and then puts it under a basket? A lamp is to be placed on a stand where it'll give light to everyone in the house. And then it goes on and it says, it says in the same way, let your good deeds shine out so that everybody will see... If you are not shining out your light, don't be surprised when you get stuck in the famine. Now, pastor, that doesn't seem fair because I'm not worshiping Baal. They weren't worshiping Baal either, and they don't have anything. They lived in a country where they were not speaking truth into their fellow people, and their friends, their neighbors, their family members began to worship a false god, and they got sucked into the same thing. Not that they had been sinning, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but... If you don't feel safe walking down the streets at night, recognize that's your town, your community, be a light. Let's, let's, let's be a part of the solution, guys. Let's be a church that, that speaks truth and brings hope. Let's not just hide. I don't, I don't understand why churches and Christians want to form a huddle, and then we're like, let's just hope that we stay good. Oh, everything's going, uh, it's getting worse, pastor. Well, let's hunker down more. Ah, oh, I got really crappy. Okay, this is working. No, it's not let's go be a light, let's go, let's, let's bring some salt, let's change, let's, let's, let's have an impact, and let's not be surprised if we get stuck in the family. I haven't even started preaching yet, okay? I'm serious, this is just all set up. All right, he said to his servant, put on a large pot, so we're still in the first verse, put on a large pot on the fire, make some stew for the rest of the group. So stew here is the word nazid, and it means conglomeration, this Hebrew word means just to like a just, just get a whole bunch of crap and put it in there. Like we're poor and it's famine and you just find whatever you can. A stew was like the equivalent I and mean, we're doing a peeled series. It's the equivalent of fruitcake, okay? Anybody, I don't want to hurt your feelings cuz I'm sure somebody in here gave me a fruitcake for Christmas. I love you, but you don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> fruitcake, fruitcake is truly neither a fruit nor cake. It's not a it's not an, it shouldn't be in either category. And both of those categories have a lot better options than fruitcake. Fruitcake is like somebody just was like, man, I don't know what's left on my counter. Just scrape all that over into them. (laughs) Yeah, pastor would like that. Let's wrap it up and give it to him. I love you. Do whatever you want. Uh, But this is what the stew is. The stew is a conglomerate. Just go whatever you can find, whatever you can find. Here's the problem. This is how we use, this is how we think about our spiritual life. Okay. We are just a conglomeration of anything we can find out there. The world t- just add it all together. Oh, it doesn't matter. Everybody believes something. Just believe just, that's fine. I can't tell you how many people are like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. This person believes in this God, and this person doesn't really believe in a God. This person believes in like being good, and this person believes in, in this different one. But I mean, it's okay. It's all good. It's all as long as you have something to believe in. No, I love you enough to tell you the truth. That's not okay. It's not any healthier for you than just going out and randomly throwing stuff together. Like, if I just mix it all together, it'll be okay. It'll all come out in the wash. That's not true, and that's not healthy for you, and it's not good. The world loves to offer you confusion. The Bible says that God is not the author of chaos or of confusion. So why is it that we find people around us are so confused? They don't even know what to believe. I'm like, what do you believe about your life? What do you believe about what's going to happen when you take your last breath? Are you, are, do you have a soul? Do you, do you have eternity? Do you think you're just going to go into the void? Well, I don't know. I kind of hope if I'm good and maybe if I'm a little bit better than I am bad, then I'll be okay. And I, it's just, just confusion and this mess and people don't know what to believe. And, And this is what the world loves if you just pile it all together it's just a whole bunch of stuff and you know somewhere in there you'll be okay that's not true faith and that's not that that leads you to poison that leads you to this distraction to this toxic life that so many people have because they have just everything they can gather they're reading everything they're believing everything that looks like a good that looks like a good quote that'll be my new life motto that person's in prison stop don't quote them like That does, don't tattoo that on your, okay, whatever. I get it, it inspires you, but honestly, let's be a little bit smarter with it. Let's move on. Here's where it gets good. One of the young men went out into the field to gather herbs, but he came back with a pocket full of gourds. He thought this vine, the vine that grows in this area, looks a lot like squash. So he went out looking for herbs, but he got himself some gourds. This is because he was unprepared. He didn't know. He didn't know what he was getting into. He didn't understand plants. He was not skilled like he thought he was. He took on a task that he was not qualified for. This is what Satan loves. When you think about an adversary who wants to seek to kill, to steal, and to destroy you, do not be surprised that when Satan, the great serpent, decides that he's going to poison you, what better weapon for a snake than poison he wants to find a way to get toxic things into your life and your naivety your unpreparedness is where you're most vulnerable you walk out into the world with what now listen once again please don't hear me in the negative you go to church for 40 minutes and you're like that's all the spiritual charge I need I'm good Monday through Saturday I'm like a Christian ninja I got this Pastor preached at me. He went long this week. It's like almost an hour. Like I'm overcharged spiritually. I can totally take on six more days. N- no you can't. I promise you you can't. You, I know you know that and I'll keep saying this. You won't you won't go like five or six hours without recharging your cell phone. You definitely don't go two days because you'd hate for your battery to go low and you might miss a really cool Facebook update or somebody's amazing text message that they sent you with a really cool little emoji. You can't miss that. So you got to have a charged cell phone. And yet spiritually, you're like, I'm just going to go about my week and hope that I don't make a bad decision. I'm just going to wa- I haven't talked to God, I haven't prayed, I haven't read my Bible. I did take a vacation last Sunday and then I was sick and then I had that, I haven't really even been to church in a month, but I think I'm okay. I'm just going to wander out and just start picking things and eating them. No. You need to be spiritually prepared for what you're going to face every day, day in and day out. Our enemy wants you to introduce poison into your marriage. He wants you to introduce poison into your kid's life, into your co-workers. He wants you to bring toxins and pass them out to your friends. He loves unprepared people who don't know what they're doing, but because of their ego or because of their, their self-confidence, they're like, I'm good. This will be fine. This won't hurt anybody. And then we do this, and it's no wonder that our families are broken, and our neighborhoods are broken, and our workplaces are miserable. It's because we're just toxic people sharing all that toxicity and all that poison with all those around us. I'm not getting enough amens. I'm going to start this message over. He went for herbs, but he found gourds. Here's what what happens when you go out and you trust your feelings. This This is what Satan loves. If it looks good, then I'm sure it's good. Don't you want that? Yeah, I do. My heart wants that. I don't know how many freaking Pinterest posts I see. Just follow your heart. It's the best compass you have. (laughs) No, it's not. The Bible's very clear. Look at Jeremiah. Bring this verse up. Jeremiah actually speaks to the idea of this in chapter 17. It says that our hearts are wicked. Our heart is deceitful. The human heart is the most, the most deceitful. The most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. But just follow your heart. Home slices out there, like, I don't really know anything about plants, but this looks good. Oh, look at the pretty flower. People will want to eat that. No. Stop following your heart. Stop following your emotions. Pastor, I don't think that's really fair. I think, you know, I think I'm a pretty good judge. I think when I just really look into it, I make the right choices. Okay, Uh, let's look at what uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 15. And verse number 19 speaks to that same idea. It says, from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander, or gossip. That's what's in your heart. And listen, I love you. I get it. You're not, I'm not saying everything about you is, is horrible, but I'm saying sin has crept in. The Bible says that by one man, sin entered the world, and death comes from sin. Sin, the condition you were born with. When you took your first breath, you were a sinner. No, I was an innocent baby. Yeah, but you're also a sinner. You have a sin nature. And that sin nature, nobody had to teach you to lie. Nobody had to teach you to steal or to be jealous or to be greedy. You, It just grows inside of you. It's a sin that takes root. You want to know what the deadliest part of the nightshade is? It's the root. More than the berry. Once something takes root, that poison begins to just grow. And nobody had to tell you how to get better at lying. You just learned how to get better at lying. And nobody had to tell you how to get better at telling secrets, aka gossiping or slander, you just got really good at it. And you just learned how to complain a little better or manipulate a little better. This is how poison works. I told you this wasn't going to be a much fun message, but we're going to keep going. I love that he says here, it says that he, he went out to get herbs, but he came back with a pocket full of gourds. Home slice is just carrying poison around with him. Get this picture. I don't know how old this guy is, but he's like, Hey guys, I'm back. I'm back. I was out there. Don't worry. Got some stuff. I got a whole pocket full. It, it says that he loaded up his apron. He, he comes back with a bunch of He's just walking around with poison. Before we get on nameless bad chooser guy here, I don't know his real name. <laughs> horrible, horrible cook. Let's, let's just admit we don't want this guy making anything for us. Before we get all over him, how many times do you and I walk around with poison? Oh, come on now. How many times do you and I walk around carrying toxins with us that every time we bump into somebody, we're just passing it on? We're just pushing it around. Your philosophies, the way you want to handle life, that might be the toxic thing that you're passing on to people. You're just walking around with poison. Your attitude. How many people in this room, have you, you even realized how toxic and poisonous and detrimental your attitude is? And you're carrying it around with you everywhere. The mopey, whiny stuff, the negative stuff, the, the little bit bitter, the, the slightly overly competitive, the, the, the looking for ways to attack, the, all of these things, your attitude, your can around, it's just poison. You're walking around. You got a pocket full of poison gourds. Pocket full. Um, <laughs> it might be the way you're judging people. It might be just the way you are looking at the world is toxic and poisonous. You're starting your day in a poisonous level. You're waking up and everything you see, you're seeing through poison glasses. Everything is bad. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody has the worst intent. Nothing goes right. Woe is you. You've had bad luck since the day you were born. Nothing, oh, and you're just toxic from the very beginning. Let's move on. Here it goes. He comes back, pocket full of gourds, shreds them, puts them into the pot without realizing what they were. Puts them in the pot. It's this idea, let me just mix this in. Let me just mix this in. Let me just throw that out there. Let me just put a little bit in there. If I mix it in, even if it's poisonous, what's it going to do, right? Now, they said if that really was nightshade, two or three won't kill you, but it'll make you wish you were dead. Like, apparently it tears you up. So don't, don't even on a joke, like go try one. Just don't do it. But the idea is here. hey, you know what? If I just mix in a little poison, I'll be okay. Nobody's actually in here, I think, going to say that with real poison but yet we do it in our lives spiritually I'm just gonna tell a little lie here because it helps me avoid some of the awkwardness oh, is, is that true come on I, I'm just I'm just gonna be a little bit negative because it's a way that I can vent I'm just gonna share just this little bit of gossip because it's it's just it's they need to know the truth I, I'm just I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to manipulate this situation just a little bit because they don't know what's really good for them. So I'm just going to slightly tweak things here. I'm going to be just a little bit resentful because deep down I know they're a bad person. And they deserve my resentment. And we just sprinkle poison in our lives. Just a little poison. A little poison in the lives of the people around us. The most telling part of that, this whole passage is that end of that verse number 39. He put them in the pot without realizing they were poisonous guys do you have any idea now i picked nightshade because it looks like a berry and often kids would just pick it thinking it was a good berry to eat and man scared parents because it looks so good to you but it is so bad for you they're not going out kids weren't going out picking it going i hope i die they're going this looks good i think this will taste good this will be awesome And as much as we can see it in a child and go, you need to learn, you need to grow up, as adults, do you know how many times we go and we take something thinking, this won't hurt me? Not realizing just how bad that poison is for you? Do you realize how poisoning you are? How much toxins you're bringing into your body? Do you realize? And I'm not talking about food. I mean, like some of you are like big health nuts. Don't come at me with a salad after this message, okay? (laughs) We're just staying on the spiritual level this morning. There's things in your life that are so poisonous and you, you don't even realize that you're doing it. Some of you, the poison that you have is your assumptions or your expectations. You have poisoned your relationships, you've poisoned your marriage, you've poisoned your family relationships, you've poisoned your boss or your coworkers or your employees, your neighbors, your friends, because you assumed something or expected something from them that wasn't fair for them or they didn't know about. You assumed they didn't like you, so now you have this, this whole c- concocted idea that, man, they, they're saying all that stuff, they haven't returned my phone call because they don't like me no you're just not the most important thing in the world and maybe they were driving stop assuming things oh well my boss my boss is out to get me stop assuming oh well my spouse they must be cheating on me because of this or oh oh my and my friends must be lying about me oh 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 oh. oh, oh, oh so this and we just begin to just come up with ideas well this is clearly where it's at and our assumptions are are slowly poisoning how about our small addictions oh man that's not a big problem i mean. I'm not, like, I haven't, I'm, not, I'm not really an addict. I, I mean, I just just dabble in this. You know how many addicts that I talk with say, oh, I started out hoping to get here. There's always something small. It's always just one drink, just one pill, just one time, just one high. It's always, there's little assumptions, little, little dabbles, just a little bit. It's not a big deal. I'm just going to do this and then we begin to feed into a coping mechanism. I just going to watch one show, Netflix. Are you still watching? It's been 12 hours. <laughs> okay. Same thing I shared with you guys. I realized that after i gotten about seven slices through an eight-slice pizza. I went, that was supposed to be for my whole family. <laughs> I, I may have a problem here. <laughs> like, we... We look at it, right? We 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 justify. it's just something small. It's not really a bad thing. No, it's 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 indicative. We have a problem. We are poisoning ourselves. We are feeding into little addictions, little coping mechanisms, just one little thing. Oh, it's just a little bit of lust. I, I'm not actually gonna ever act on it. I'm just gonna look at it a little bit. I'm just gonna flirt over here a little bit. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna check that website out real quick. I'm just I'm just gonna think about it, but I'm never gonna touch. We begin to play with little poisons, and then we're wondering, how did I how did I become so toxic? Because you kept feeding into something small that wants to take root in your life. Oh, I, I didn't realize that, that my jealousy was going to actually lead to something greater. Yeah, it does. That's how jealousy works. You begin to be like, oh man, I wish I had it better. And then you start going from, I wish I had it better to Look how good they have it. Oh, they don't deserve it. I would be better with it if I had it. And our jealousy begins to take hold. And then we become envious and greedy we begin to want more than we we deserve, or we begin to think that somehow we're being punished by God. Little things that, that that don't ever come across. You guys understand how, in the moment, it just feels good, doesn't it? I just want one more drink. I just want to be a little bit jealous, a little bit mad. I just want to that one little time. We always have it. It just looks so good. It's just it's just one little berry. It's just it's it's. I don't even I don't even think of it as bad. I just think of it as something I'm going to do, and then we become the most poisoned people, and we ruin our relationships. We don't talk to our kids or our parents or our siblings. We've ruined our marriages. We've lost jobs. We've pushed away employees. We've burned bridges with friends. Why? Because we took poison that we didn't even realize. When we struggle to accept that poisons are there, it gets really confusing. This feels a little heavy, so I wanna show you a video that just illustrates the fact that poison can be very confusing, okay? And then we'll come back and close. I die, just pray that I die bravely. You will not die, you'll not have to fight him. Griswold dies as he drinks the toast. What? Put a pellet of poison in one of the vessels. Which one? The one with the figure of a pestle. The vessel with the pestle. Yes, but you don't want the vessel with the pestle. You want the chalice from the palace. I don't want the vessel with the pestle. I want the chalice from the what? The chalice from the palace. It's a little crystal chalice with the figure of a palace. Does the chalice from the palace have the pellet with the poison? No, the pellet with the poison's in the vessel with the pestle. or the pestle, with the vessel. The vessel with the pestle. What about the palace from the chalice? Not the palace from the chalice. The chalice from the palace. Where's the pellet with the poison? In the vessel with the pestle. You see, the pellet. Poison in the vessel with the pestle. The chalice from the palace has the brew, It is true. It's so easy, I can save. Well then you find it. Listen carefully. The pellet, to the, 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 the pellet with the poisons in the vessel with the pestle, the chalice from the palace has the brew, It is true. The pellet with the poisons in the vessel with the pestle, the chalice with the palace has the brew, that is true. Good man. Just remember that. Sir Sir So uh poison can be confusing. <laughs> That's literally all you need to take away from that. Is that it's, it's easy when you, start, when you start getting into all this, like, okay, pastor's saying that maybe I shouldn't be as greedy, or maybe I shouldn't be telling these lies, or maybe I shouldn't do that. None of this, I don't think, is, is, is truly, like, mind-blowing. Like, nobody's sitting there going, oh, I really shouldn't gossip. Oh, I really shouldn't lust. Oh, I really shouldn't, like, take drugs. Like, I don't think I'm blowing anybody's mind with this. The point is that we all keep going down the same path. Of taking in things that that really aren't aren't good for us, I don't think we realize what happens. When we do that, it says, verse number 40: some of the stew was served to the other men. When we become people who are naive and take in poison, not only do we poison ourselves, but we do what? We poison others. And not only did this guy make a poor choice for himself, he now brought death upon his friends. He brought death to his circle. Here is a bag of rat poison. The, I'm not going to eat this if anybody was wondering. It's not like secretly like little bacon bits in here. It's actually poison. Um, I'm actually, I was going to open it up and like show it to you guys, but it says I have to wear gloves and I'm going to eat berries again next service. And I know I'll just, I'm not even going to go down that road, but it says wear gloves. And it says it's very important to keep this, this stuff away from anywhere where your kids might get into it, anywhere where it might get close to real food why because you don't want to get it anything you you don't want to accidentally poison the pets that you want it says keep it away from your hamster you know it says keep it away from your pets keep it away from your kids why because when you start messing around with poison that big x is to let you know hey this is not something that's healthy for you but not everybody sees the x they just trust oh hey you're a good friend that advice you gave me that must be good advice yeah we poison our friends sometimes inadvertently, sometimes just because we don't care. We're just hurt. And yeah, there's a truth that hurt people hurt people, but sometimes you just pass it on because you're, you're oblivious to it. But it says, it says that they were served to others. And when we poison other people, I don't think we recognize how much when, when we begin to become complainers, when we become gossipers, when we become whiners, when we're pouty, when we're needy, some of the things that we think are us are actually poisoning the people around us. Our marriages are breaking down, our relationships are breaking down, our, our, our coworkers and, and, and the environment there. It's just because, man, we're just, everything about us is just infiltrating their lives. And then we sit down and go, well, I don't have any friends, or things aren't going well for me. Is it, is it possible that you've gotten to a level where you're so toxic that you, you, you've killed off? All the stuff that was good around you. Instead of looking and going, they're bad, and they're bad, and they're bad, and they're bad. Why not you go and go, what, what's poison in here? What has caused all the life around me to retreat? Have I allowed something to creep in that is now infecting others? It says, after they had eaten it. This is, this is the sad part. Some of the stew was served to the men, but after they had eaten it. Isn't that true of our lives? It's usually too late, isn't it? We think we're immune, and we don't realize until it's too late. If they had stopped and looked, hey, I shouldn't eat this. When do we realize that we've screwed up? We've already done it, right? We've, we hit. It takes us, because we're hard-headed, notice how I'm saying us, is where you shake your head, because I'm not the only hard-headed person in here. It takes us hitting rock bottom before we even admit we did anything wrong. Come on now. Oh, not me, not me. And then all of a sudden we have to destroy things and we're like, okay, may, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Here's the cool part. After they had, after they had eaten, it's too late. They're already poisoned. They're going to die. The only thing they have left to do now is cry out, man of God, there's poison in the stew. Because it takes, sometimes I'm trying to save you from getting to rock bottom. I'm trying to save you from poisoning every relationship you have. I'm trying to save you from getting all of this toxins into your family, into your friends, into your relationships. But if you're there today and and, and you feel like I'm beating you up and you're like, yeah, I didn't need this message. I realize how poisonous I am. I'm a poisonous person. I've corrupted everything. I'm bitter from the inside out. I've got it rooted in me. I, I recognize it. I don't have any friends. I've destroyed these relationships. Hold up. There's hope. Man of God, God, I need some help because I have poisoned myself to the place of death. I've let this attitude, this sin, I've let this addiction get to the place where I can't fix it. I should have stopped, but I didn't. I've gone too far. How cool is this? Man of God, help me. Psalms 86. Psalms 86, verse number five says, Oh, Lord, you, Lord, are forgiving and good abounding in love to what all who call on you call out man of god god help how awesome is that this morning god help i've poisoned myself i've poisoned myself john chapter 5 verse number 24 speaks to what the man of god brings here i tell you the truth those who listen to my message and believe in god this is talking about where you're going to trust Where do you trust today? Who sent have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already what? Passed from death into life. When you call out on the name of the Lord, when you call out to God, he takes you from the poison death part and goes, nope, I got life. That's what we're talking about when we talk about being peeled back. You're poison at the center. He's going, no, I can take poison. I can do something awesome with it. I can fix this. I can make it better. I love something here. Elisha comes in. They're screaming. Oh, we're poisoned. We're dying. There's death in the pot. We're dead. We're dead. And Elisha just stays calm. He goes, hey, man, okay, I got it. You know what I see there in Elisha? Just a little side note. Leaders don't panic. This is for parents mostly, but it can go across the board. When the poison hits when it's when it's tough you can freak out and have no hope or you can know that there's a God who has things in control and you can take a moment of chaos and panic and you can use it as a teaching lesson Hey, we're going to trust we're going to trust the God who creates everything he's got this and Elijah doesn't freak out and he doesn't start damage control okay well hey you got a few minutes left why don't you write your will and hey Ted You didn't need any of that stew. Did you start digging some holes? That's not what he did. Calm down. God's got this. Calm down. That's what leaders do. If you're a boss in here, how about you show the calm grace and peace of God at work? Friends, you've got friends pulling their hair out. They don't know what they're going to do. bring the peace that passes understanding into their life. The grace of God. Parents, model it for your kids. Managers, model it for your coworkers. Coaches, model it for your athletes. Say, hey, listen, it's crazy, but we got a calm in the middle of the storm. That's what we sang about, didn't we? It is well with my soul. I know I'm going long, but I got to show you this. His answer, bring me some flour. Excuse me, home slice. I'm not an expert on antidotes. Flour ain't ever saved nobody from poison. He goes, hey, bring me some flour. The Hebrew word gemah there is what's used, and it's a, it's a coarse meal. It's made for bread. It's what they would use to make bread. You know what John 6, 35 says? Bring it up. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I don't, don't, don't get lost here. The flour in that particular thing isn't magical flour. It's just flour. God used it to set an example for him. Jesus goes, listen, I'm what you really need. I'm the bread of life that you really need. Whoever believes in me has it taken care of. I'll take care of the poison of the sin in your life when you trust in something bigger than yourself. The last part is that he puts the flour into the poison soup, and then he says the words, go ahead. It's all right. Go ahead and eat am I the only one that's like, (laughs) nope, not going to do that, man, ask me to do anything else, you want me to do that, you know what kind of faith it took to go, okay, I got to jump in, go ahead, eat that same thing again, God's got it now, no way, it's about where we put our faith, it's about where we're going to trust, They had to trust in something bigger. They had to trust that God had a plan through the poison to save them. And that's what's scaring you and I today. We've poisoned our lives, and we're being faced with the reality that God wants to fix it. But he he wants us to admit that we aren't the antidote. We aren't the cure for our poison. He is. Psalms 31, verse 14. I'm trusting you, God. I'm trusting you, O Lord. This is your prayer today. You want the the poison out of your life? This is it. I'm trusting you. You're my God. You're in control. You can have the driver's seat of my life because I keep driving off of a cliff. I keep picking wild gourds and poisoning myself. How about you cook the meal, God? How about you drive the car? How about you be the God of my life instead of me being the God of my life? That's what salvation is. When you trust God to forgive your sins and you invite him to be the one in control. That's also what you and I are supposed to do when it comes to picking poisons. We go, God, I I gotta admit that your way is probably better than mine. I keep poisoning myself. You tell me what to do. You tell me where to go. You tell me what to eat. You tell me how to feel. And guess what? He did. You've gotta decide who you're gonna trust. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to know you. God, thank you for being the, the God who loves us in spite of all of our poor decisions. Thank you for being the God who, who is the antidote for all of the poisons we've brought in. God, there's people in this room that are poisoning themselves and the ones around them. Maybe not even intentionally, maybe it's unknowingly. God, forgive us of those attitudes and that heart condition. Help us, God. Help us to know you better. Help us to serve you, but God, help us to to find the forgiveness that only you can bring. God, I know there's people in here that need help with an addiction. There's people in here that need help with a broken life, a broken marriage, a broken relationship. God, there's people in here that need help uh, building back a reputation that's been destroyed at work. There's, God, there's people in here that need help letting go of bitterness. There's people in here that need help letting go of hatred or gossip. Or, 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 or God, there's, there's people in here that have, have given so much into jealousy, into greed, that they, they don't know what it means to be generous. They don't know how to love others. God, help each and every one of us. Not only see that we have poison, but to confess it, to allow you to to fix it, to cure it. God, let us leave here changed, not going out and, and infecting other people, but God, going out and being a light that tells other people about the antidote. God, let us be the kind of church, the kind of people that sees real change, that brings real hope to hurting, broken, poisoned people. God, I know you want to use us. I pray that you will. I pray that you'll draw each and every person in this room or that is watching. God, I pray that you'll draw us to you, to a deeper relationship with you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to support the ministries of Harbor as we bring the hope of Jesus to our community and around the world, you can visit harperchurch.com give or text any amount to 84321. Thanks for listening. See you next week.